Welcome to the Gig Axon Podcast with Rich Francis and James Liu. The only podcast where digital meets mind. To take part live on our YouTube channel, interact with us, ask questions and play your part in the show, check out our website at www.gigaxon.com. For full details, until then, enjoy the show. Welcome to tonight's show with Gig Axon. In tonight's show, you will understand how to target your customer audience. And by the end of this, you will get to understand the following three levels of what is an avatar? How is your avatar useful? And what can you do with your avatar? So if we start off with the first step, Rich, what is an avatar? Okay, so a customer avatar is a way that companies and both businesses, whether they are big, small, medium, whatever, define who it is that they intend to actually speak to with their marketing message. And so with regards to like speaking to market audience, can you maybe explain it just a little bit more about really what the avatar is? like? We were, we, we're using a terminology that people probably aren't very familiar with um, because we've obviously titled this show, you know, how to target your customer. So really, what is the avatar when we refer to that? Okay, so <clears throat> let's take it one step further, shall we? Let's say, okay, so what is an avatar? So as I've just explained a minute ago, it's something that people create so that they can then start to understand more about this particular person. So let me give you an example. You have Coca-Cola. What they do is they look at, okay, so what's the kind of customer that we're going to want to sell to, okay? Who is gonna be our perfect customer? If we had the opportunity to take out a piece of paper like that and get a pen and describe our perfect customer in utmost detail, okay? What would they look like? What age group would they be in? What sort of buying habits do they have? Do they have a family? Okay, do they live alone? Where do they live? Okay, now Coca-Cola are massive. So chances are they are not as picky as let's say a hairdresser who might be a female only salon and might only target people in the age bracket of 18 to 35. Okay, may only offer certain services. Whereas a barber might do females hair, but may focus strictly on just males. So by understanding who is the perfect customer that we're actually trying to find so that we can have that perfect sales conversation and be able to actually have an exchange and a transaction take place by understanding it enables you to then cater and build your entire business around it. Thank you, Rich. So in basic terms, we're looking at the customers for which you're trying to target. Now, this 
avatar that we refer to is essentially the perfect individual. The person that in every ideal circumstance would be the person that you would want to be your customer. And that essentially is your avatar when we refer to that. So when we go on to the next step of how is your avatar useful, what do we look at from that sense, Rich? Okay, so a minute ago, I explained kind of the fact of what one is. So by now, I'd hope we'd understand that, like I said, we are effectively describing who would be our perfect client or customer, the person that you would like to speak to. Okay, I'll give you another example. So let's say they're a golfer and they actually partake in golf. Okay, you do not want someone to turn up into your golf shop to buy golf balls and clubs and things like that if they have absolutely no desire to play. They can't afford to play the sport because the sport is notoriously quite expensive. They are trying to make it easier, but it's still deemed quite an expensive game to play. They're already into about three of the hobbies and they have no interest in it. Would you want that person in your shop? Well, you could try and persuade them, but it's a harder job. So why would you? You'd want the people that are actually willing to buy, right? So now, how is this useful? Well, since we now know who we're trying to actually speak to, there was a famous quote that I heard by someone who taught both of us. And that was, if you market to everyone, you market to no one. Okay. Now that makes total sense. If you have resources and you are doing paid marketing, which we've talked about in earlier videos, why would you want to spend a shed ton of money trying to show your advertisement to get someone who has no desire to buy your goods when you could focus in strictly on the ones that are actually going to have interest in what you're selling or proposing, okay, and have them actually buy things. So by understanding the avatar in more detail, getting super duper crystal clear on who it is that you are actually going to be selling to enables you to not only sell, save money, a ton of it, save resources, save effort, and it allows you to design the entirety of your business in a totally different way to if you were designing it for everyone. Do you think that Apple understood their clientele perfectly? I would say they did, especially if you've ever read or heard, let's listen to the autobiography of Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. He actually talks about in there how Steve Jobs envisioned how he wanted the shop layout to be set. And he wanted it in a certain way so that it catered for the people he were after. Now, every speech he ever delivered was very influential and phenomenal, but he knew exactly who he was looking for and he spoke directly to those individuals. And this is the very reason why they boomed. So how is your avatar useful? I think that pretty much sums it up. Wouldn't you agree? I do. It's um, a very good summary, Rich. So as you can see, guys, the, the avatar's use is more the fact of helping you define in some ways your customer. In previous videos, you'll find us talking about really defining and looking hard down at finding your customer and finding the very uniqueness of that person. One of the best ways of doing that is through using the avatar. And the most powerful use is that refinement because like Rich has just said, 
people generally who are very good at business have got a very clear understanding of who their avatar is or who their perfect audience is. And when they get to refine their customer by constantly relooking at their avatar model and then thinking, well, am I still targeting the person I'm after? How is my business you know, tailoring themselves towards that? We can look at the Steve Jobs, we can look at the hairdresser, we can look at the golf example. Each one has a defined little difference, technology, sports side, and then the more kind of healthcare, the hair side of things. Now, each one, the perfect customer might be different. The hairdresser is a great example. Firstly, is it male or female? Or are we even unisex? There's a number of different things that we can define which would change our avatar and who it is that we're targeting simply by asking very simple questions. And this helps us really define and get down to who our customer is so that when we come to actually put any messaging out there, that we really are speaking to them properly so that we can actually get them to actually firstly take attention, but then to hold the attention because we're speaking their language that they'll understand, but also really getting to speak to them because that we know what they're after. So, Cheers for that, Appreciate it. What do you do with your avatar, Rich? Okay, so now you've sort of collated or gathered all of this information. If you happen to be watching this at the same time, by the way, because this is obviously live, do save questions for Q&A. We will save some space after this. But the point being, if you're struggling with that, feel free to ask. We're more than happy to jump out and help you with that. But the point is, so now you've collated or collected all of this information, as I said a minute ago, you can now start to think, okay, so let's take a barber and a hairdresser. The barber, let's, let's get really specific. This person only likes to deal with people of a young age, so 18 to 35, we're going to say. He only wants to deal with males. And the female side of things, the hairdresser, only wants to deal with women and wants to specialize in a certain way with certain people at the similar sort of age, 18 to 35. So here we've got two opposite sides of the spectrum. Now, if they both put that same message out, what do you think is going to happen? A whole lot of tumbleweeds, right? Nothing. Crickets, as I've heard in the past, okay? <laughs> because no, everyone's going to listen to this, and they're going to be like, that makes absolutely no sense. Can you imagine seeing both of their advertisements next to each other? You'd be like, this person's clueless. Whereas if the male hairdresser or male barber, okay, turned around and put something out there saying, you know, want to look, wanna look sly or want to look decent this, this summer, get yourself a fresh new trim and get yourself ready for that whatever, okay? And the hairdresser puts something out saying, want a good look for this Saturday, okay? you know, highlights this, that, whatever, we deal with everything. That would be a totally different message because both are dealing in their own area. Might have a higher success rate, might actually stand a chance. James, do you want to give an example on that? We've got the barber, 18 to 35 male, hairdresser, 18 to 35 female only. Chuck's an example. What's your best effort you've got right now? A message for both. Specify message for both think think about it. 18 to 35 what are their habits what are the things they're 
interested in? What are they likely to be doing? What sort of work are they in? So let's say they work nine to five jobs and they live for the weekend, both sides, okay? And they're, you know, mainly targeting single because they're looking to make an impression. So let's take weekends being as a hot time for them. So are we playing a little bit now and thinking, well, okay, let's pretend they want to look good at the weekend. What would you put as an advertising message for both? Come up with something. What do you reckon, mate? I'm thinking for the, the message for like the, the two demographics, it's a hard one really because I think that when we look at targeting people who are between 18 to 25, it's a different demographic than when we would target 25 to 35. So with Rich trying to spread it across two demographical areas that are quite different. And the main reason why they're different is because when we're 18 to 25, we are, we are like leaving college um, and we're up to at least the age of 21, probably exploring the world quite a bit. Now, while do, some people do settle down quite fast, um, not everyone does. And because of that, they'll be doing things like going to Ibiza, Magaluf, and various different other things. So they're going to have a lot of different you kind know of... your history now then, don't we? Yes, definitely. So you've got, <laughs> you've got like a lot of like demographical there, little things there that you kind of have to take into account with your messaging. Um, and again, like these things that are things that you could target in your avatar as well, um, having known that, you know, maybe you want to target that more um, free, freedom of lifestyle type person who is out there already, um, you know, trying to explore life. Or you could be actually trying to target the ones that have actually, who are trying to settle down fast and start up families fast. Either way, you know, the, the kind of different audiences. So you, you'd message differently. I would say, that at least in that demographic, you probably want to take some things into account. Like, um, firstly, the millennials, if we were targeting of an age group in that area, then we could look at things like using very dark colors with white texts, because really that, that's something that goes really down with, well with that um, age yes. group. However, if we then look slightly older than that, then while you can still use um, the, the black backgrounds or dark backgrounds with the more lighter text, it's not as well received. So, we start to fall outside of um, the messaging working as well. And we might turn this terminology of optimizing it. Now, when I say optimizing it, I mean looking at how it works and seeing whether it, it can work better in some situations. And this would be a great example when we put out our messaging, assuming that it was just like a text that form where it's literally a person just reads a quote or something like that, and you use these different colors, you'll notice that you'll get different results with def demographics by using different ways. Like if you did it for quite an older person, say in their 60s, they probably just want something that they can simply read. They wouldn't want any fancy text. They just want to literally be able to read it, maybe because their eyesight's not doing too great. Now, if you look at the younger generation, they might want something that's a bit more fancy, a bit more jazzy. And again, use the, the dark background with the more lighter text, which 
then, then doing that with the older generation might not work as well. Again, it does come down to them being able to view it. So there's a lot of different things that you have to take into account here. And I'm probably rarely overcomplicating this, but I'm trying to get over a point that actually providing your message over isn't always quite as simple as simply just putting it down. Rich, go yeah, on, tell me. you've established that, and that's very, very valid. Go ahead and fire them. So we've got eight, let's go 18 to 24 then, and 25 to 35. How would you differentiate the message? Now you've established all of that. You've collected a lot of information there and you've used a lot of data that we've collected over the past. And we've seen that that has generally played true in our case. So would you say the 18 to 24, you'd be looking at the more likely to be hit in the clubs. We'd establish that. We would immediately assume that, wouldn't we, based on statistics. And we would use something like, you know, fresh new trim or you use the language they're going to understand now me being 10 years younger than you i'm better off probably taking the younger one even though well, i didn't have that kind of nightlife i was going to say that because you're trying to get me to target the younger audience now while i could attempt to do it rich is going to be so much better at it because he is younger than me and he's closer to that target audience than i am where i could be you know out with the lingo as one of our mates say um, and you know he's just basically going to do better than I am. Where where I'm going to do better at the older age group as it's in my demographic area. So basically, the core point in what we've just said there is a really good idea to start with most businesses is look at people of your own age because you're going to relate to these people better because you will more than likely share the same views. You will most likely share the same language because how often do you hear terminology like FOMO, LMFAO, things like that. Back in my teen years, okay, that was really down. So funnily enough, I can understand all of that stuff. But do you think a 50 year old is likely to understand that unless their kids have taught them or grandkids. Right? What's, what's FOMO? So, well, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not 50, by the way, guys. I'm not that old. But even I'm thinking, what the hell is FOMO? Okay, fear of missing out. Fear of missing out, okay? So if we know this to be true, then you could easily, if you're targeting 18 to 24 only and you want to stop anyone else checking your advertisement out, here's a quick hot tip, right? So... Do we suffer from FOMO? Don't want to miss out at the weekends because you've got a bad trim. Okay. 10% off after viewing this advertisement if you quote discount Google ad. There's one thing I'll point out, guys, that he's done there that's really clever, which he hasn't pointed out himself yet, but he might have done. It's the fact he's actually done a disqualifier in that by by using terms that are very, very highly focused into a one demographic area, like what he's doing, means that he's automatically going to throw off or push away almost anyone else who he's not trying to target. These are clever little tricks to do. Again, by knowing your avatar who you're targeting allows you to do this extra, very vigilant marketing technique. But what it actually does as well is while it also really heavily targets your audience, it starts to push away the people that you might not want. So 
So Rich has used the word FOMO and automatically any one of my age group or probably older would turn around and go, what the F is FOMO? And probably go, oh, that's probably not for me and skip past it. What do you, what you, uh, what are you thinking, Rich? Is, is, was that your intention? That was the exact intention, mate, because I don't, if I'm saying I'm targeting the 18 to 24, which I specified earlier, why on earth would I want to say anything that everyone's going to understand? Whereas if I said suffer from FOMO, these guys are like, ah, oh, this guy's speaking my language, right? Boom. You've built instant credibility and instant relationship with these people. So hot tip guys, no matter what it is you might be doing, seriously take a moment to think about the age group you're speaking to and another really useful tip and i don't know why i'm sharing this with everyone look at research of people that are doing the same thing or that are targeting the same people so let's take an example of a tradesman where do you think you can go to check out reviews on a certain tradesman yellow pages <laughs> yell.com checkatrade.com there are lots of different places you could visit and you could hear what annoys customers and what pleases them now this is a really useful tactic because once you know this if you want to promote your services crack an idea look at what hacks people off don't do that don't speak of that or if you want to speak about it don't worry you will not be x y and z for example some people might put didn't answer the phone not responsive did my nut in don't worry you'll definitely get through to me things like that ah that's that's exactly what i need right now okay fast responsive 24 hour responses or 24 hour repairs whatever if you know that's what that person hates and you want more customers and you're not too fussy about that kind of thing, you can play this off to your advantage. Okay. So seriously think by investigating and using all this information to benefit you. Perfect, Rich. So if you were targeting your 30 to 35 people, how would I really approach that? Well, firstly, what I look for is personally in myself, and like Rich has done here, with himself or with his demographic area is he looked at kind of something that was going to really pull the people that he really wanted towards him um, by using phrases that they well get on with now when we get to the older age groups we may not have these same buzz words but there's things that we can still do that might be clever we could start looking at films that were out in our generation so if we were going out with like my generation we might look at the 80s and the 90s because if we start using maybe phrases or songs or anything from those areas we automatically start to get relatability from that aspect as well so we could um, for example i'm trying to think of an 80s and 90s quote that I could come up with um that might kind of help with my demographic targeting right now i'm trying to think of one you probably learned about people like it was before your time but you'd have probably have learned about winston churchill quotes things like that whereas other people in the younger ages weren't so fussed about history and tended to miss out on those kind of things you could look at bands so i was red hot chili peppers yes 
that would be a I'm good just one. about in that age category so yeah okay that would do nicely yeah is that so you could have californication playing yeah yeah californication is that there's so many different things you can do guys there's and now we're mentioning songs that would then introduce music and then that even brings into another thing about if you're doing video or audio that you're bringing in other things that can add extra value into the you know the messaging and the stuff that you're trying to do like if next time you actually look at an ad that you go to watch on tv you might actually start to take these details now and start actually analyzing the things that that advertising or person is trying to get across or the, the business um, and even listening to the lyrics that are from on the song that you may be listening to whilst the advert's playing gives you clues behind its intention its motive how it's kind of really almost seductive or um not seductive um what is that word called where you i was gonna them? say oh very interesting there mate you're trying to attract someone in that way are you no no there's subliminal i can't even say the word subliminal, subliminal messaging is when you do things like what they do at the cinema when you're have you ever noticed how when you're at the cinema they have these trailers before the film and before they start showing the film trailers and they do things like they're pouring coke okay into a glass or something like that or you see popcorn fluffing up and things like that what they're doing is planting a subliminal command or a subconscious command to your brain to make you think i want that that's a great idea it's like there was that old joke back in probably between me and james's sort of time when they used to say think tap running tap running or waterfalls waterfalls made you want to go to the toilet okay it's the same process they're planting a subconscious command in your brain and basically getting you to think of what's happening. So that's what James is referring to. James is now getting clever and sharing some resources with you by the look of it. Okay, so this is um, something that we use, um, which is in order to help you really find your avatar. Um, and really this is trying to really now go into a lot of the things that we said about um, how do you actually find your avatar and these are the these are the main things that we look at so first thing we've got is the goals and the values firstly what is our goal so we in our three examples that we had we have the um, hairdresser the golfer and what was the other one Rich? Okay, so we've got barber, we had a hairdresser, we had the golfer, we had the tradesman. I have used an absolute assortment <laughs> of examples. So, mate, feel free to just pick a few, pick a mix, go for it. Okay, so let, let's just go for one because at the end of the day, when we go for avatar, it's not avatars. It is we are trying to literally find our perfect audience, our perfect customer. Most now, our perfect customer is one individual. Now, like Rich also mentioned, one of the best things that we've be, ever been taught in some ways is the fact that when you market to people, you don't market to everyone, you market to someone. And it literally should be one person. Now, your ideal one person will be more people because we've got to remember, we are talking about online now. And generally, there are a number of people, once you speak about, large number of people 
that will be very similar. So when we say our perfect customer, this is the ideal perfect person who there will be a number of them out there. <laughs> so don't worry, this isn't literally just going to target one person. Is it? Literally hey, one person. James, just, uh, just to strengthen the point of what James is saying, because I find that what a lot of people say is when you say that, you get that, but no, there's not. So let me ask you something real quick. Have you noticed how many like YouTube influencers there are out there and how many actually make a living off YouTube alone? I'm pretty sure if you go on and type in peanut butter, right? And this is no exaggeration, peanut butter, jams, anything. There will be people with a big subscriber base with tons of views who review, yes, you heard this straight, review peanut butter or review jam. There are people that will sit there and listen to those reviews. They will review the most ridiculous things. Now, if, they will, if there are people that will do that, there are people just like you with the same interests in this, on this great world of ours with well over 6 billion people on it. So the goal that we're trying to get with when we get our avatars, really the goal of the business we're trying to do. The reason why we say the values, because that will help define really our customer avatar, the perfect individual customer. So when we break this down, We've got the values and the goals, the challenges and the pain points. Now, do you want to quickly explain why we go look at challenges and pain points when we look at the avatar? Okay, so we don't want to confuse you massively but with this, okay, because this is quite high-level stuff that we're dealing with here. So just to kind of make this a little bit more simplistic for everyone, if I said to you, what is it that your ideal customer truly despises about their life or about the situation that would make them need your service? So let's take a male barber and say, okay, I actually need a trim, even though I'm losing hair at the back, but that's something for another day. It does need tidying up. So my biggest pain point at the moment would be my hair is overgrown. It looks horrific and I've got a wedding, I've got a party, I've got something going, holy shit, I need a trim, right? That might be your pain point. Oh dear, I actually need a cut really, really badly, and I look horrific, okay? Because people will have these serious judgments about themselves. So there's your pain point. Now, challenge might be, yes, but why come to you if there are seven within walking distance? So how do you now explain Actually, I'm your man. And this is the why I'm your man. Exactly. And that could be the fact that also that you're, you know, you can be mobile where all your other competitors are stuck in the shops. So there could be like things that you could look at there about how you want to help overcome people's challenges. Like also, do you work nine to five? Oh, I well, I work outside nine to five so I can you know, cut your hair at nine o'clock at night. These are the extra things that you can start to look at with regards to the challenges and the pains. Because like Richard mentioned, he wants to just get his hair cut. He's got a wedding coming up. He works nine to five. And when is he going to get his hair cut? He's busy during the weekend. Like, how are you going to help get to your customer? So these, the, This is why it's good to really know your avatar 
because then you need to really look about how your business is going to help them. So when we look further down in the customer journey to get our like customer avatar, we then look really at like sources of information. Now, really, this looks at things like the books, magazine, work, blogs, conferences, any gurus or others. Now, what we're really looking for is information on where our avatar is and who our avatar is. And these sources can help us really help define really who's our ideal kind of customer that we actually want to serve and why we want to serve that customer. Any additional information on that area, Rich? Okay, so chuck me a business. Um, that we've covered or around the Any one. business, mate, Anything. just five business. Give me an example. Make things more fun, let's get thrown on the spot. Okay, how about a scuba diving thing that's out in Spain? So you know when you go on holiday and you've got those boats that are out randomly? You're trying to set up a new scuba diving school to help get tourists understanding that they can go out there, learn a bit of scuba diving and then also a little bit about their new holiday location that they're in. Okay, so we're going to take this one step further because for start, you wouldn't say just that. Scuba diving experience, because it's all about the experience. It's all about having a great time. If you're not having a great time, why would you? So sources of information so now this is where you'd say okay so we have identified our perfect customer what books do they read so they may read books like you know it's going to be more like magazines than books i would imagine and i would say they're more outdoorsy and i would say they're more adventure sports sort of magazines so you'd go into something like google okay and you type in adventure sports magazines and this gives you a good idea of what these people might read. So now you have a good idea of what mindset these people are in, and it will allow you to cater your message for these people, as well as if you really wanted to do something you could hold up, if you were doing like a short 30-second video advertisement just to try and build up business to get more people that are doing this, you'd set it up to be attracted to people that are visiting Spain shortly, as that's where you said it was, and you'd hold up a magazine like this. So... We advertise in this magazine, you know, it's fantastic. For all of those that actually read this thing, 10% off, boom, okay, they're interested. They're going to check this stuff out. Blogs and websites. You could do things like, okay, it's going to be websites and blogs that talk about scuba diving, that talk about, you know, things that are involved in outdoor stuff. More specifically, probably more towards stuff that's involved on the water, surfing things like that would be more inclined unless you're targeting a different age group in which case they may not be so involved this is where it gets a bit confusing so what you need to do is take all of the information that you've collected to this point because at this point you should have already have covered the majority of the stuff we've previously talked about in the last half an hour which will enable you to then start thinking what this person might be thinking and answer these very questions. Okay, so you should already be pretty clear on this. And I'll tell you what, if you still don't know, either Google it or find someone that age who's interested and ask them. Okay, so blogs and websites, pretty covered. Like I've said, Google it. 
for websites, you'll find answers. Blogs, you'll find it. Conferences, places they're actually going to attend. So we attend live events all the time. The reason we do it is because we're looking to upskill, learn new knowledge, meet people that we already know, meet people that are like us or like who we want to be, as this is human nature 101, and potentially you know, surround ourselves with people that think like us, good energy, and it's a very pleasant experience and a great day out, okay? So all in all, fantastic. So what conferences are they attending? Well, again, in this sense, you'd probably have to Google it because nothing comes immediately to mind because not the things I'm doing because I'm not into that. You could Google it and you could find out. Gurus, okay, so they're gonna, you might as well come to something like YouTube and type in, you know. Diver's Paradise or something like that. Diver's Paradise, exactly, <laughs> getting the idea. So that would probably come up with names that are well established in that area. And lo and behold, you have the gurus that they're interested in. And you've literally just got to find a way of advertising with these gurus. You could get one of them to put a shout out on their channel when they have tons of viewers on to their latest post. Say, check out the diving school that's new in Spain. If you say you've watched my video, you can have 10% off. Boom, you've just had a massive audience, okay? And you've established it that way. There are other ways. You could put a video advertisement that only shows in between his videos. It's endless. And as for other, it's just any additional information you'd like to add. So on top of that, then, uh, when we look at the last part, which is the stage four, the objections and the roles in the purchase process. Now, the reason why we look at this is while the, the other stages really set the scene in order for us to firstly get hold, find and you know, look at the pain points, etc., then really look at really what our customers thinking, etc., where they are what type of things they'll be looking at and reading, understanding their kind of mindset. This last part really now starts to get past that point and start to now look ahead of when your customer in some ways actually starts to object maybe with what you're trying to provide them. And those initial things, those initial pain points, but from the other perspective of the sense of someone's tried to provide them the solution, maybe not provided them very good. So it's almost a bit like when Rich mentioned going to Yell and some of the other places in order to do research into your demographic areas and the avatars, you know, where you're thinking and you know what their views are on, you know, the available solutions to their problem are being supplied at the moment. This now looks at, you know, what things when you go to set out things will you overcome. And which, what are you thinking on this? So you're looking at objections and roles in purchase process. So basically what you're trying to do is from the information you've collected, you're putting yourself in that person's position. Okay. So as I said a minute ago, in regards to the barber, okay, who has seven competitors around them, what you are trying to do is look at what are the reasons they may have to say no. 
why would I not go elsewhere? So James actually gave a really good example a minute ago. Maybe you will come to their house rather than them coming out, which is a hundred times more convenient if they have kids and they're a single parent. Would you not agree, right? So knowing this, you're now preparing in advance for the likely reasons that they may go to a competitor, which makes you the standout option or the obvious option to why they come to you. Now, not only that, they're gonna feel like this guy totally gets me. Now, what's likely to happen? Have you ever had a good experience when you've gone somewhere where you've left the place and gone, that was the best place that I've ever been to in that area. That was the best restaurant I've ever visited. That was the most enjoyable time I've ever had. That waiter was incredible, whatever. And you've shouted about it to your friends. That's called free marketing. That's called word of mouth, okay? There is nothing better for any business than to have people shouting about it for you and almost doing your job for you. It is free business. So therefore, if you know in advance what are the objections or the problems that they may encounter that may, uh, may stop them from actually following through with this, then you're already ahead of most of the competition because not many do this, I can tell you. So if you know that, winner. So role in the purchase process might be another one. So it might be a case of if you're messaging to the wife, okay, and it's supposed to be for a male barber, then the role in the per purchase process isn't the one who's making the decision, or is it? <laughs> in some <laughs> relationships, whoosh, whoosh, just saying, lads, okay? It might be a bit like that. So what is their role in the purchase process? Are they the one who makes the decision, or are they not? Because if they're not, you're gonna have to handle it totally different to if they are. If they are, and they can turn around and say a resounding, yes, I'm in straight away, then that's a million times easier than having to convince someone else first before they can say yes. If you understand this in advance, you're gonna take things to a new level because you can already be more than confident when you start, there is nothing I can't deal with. Perfectly put, Rich. So we've actually covered the part that's at the very bottom of that form, but that's essentially looking at things like the age, the gender, marital status, age of any children, if they have any children, assuming. Location, another important thing. Assuming, obviously, when you're doing things online, don't just assume everyone's going to be in the UK. So be very careful when you market, especially if you use things like Google Ads or Facebook make sure you stay within your local area and you don't start advertising to the whole world about this great local barbers that can work you know whenever wherever because you could so, find yourself going to australia to do a hairdressing thing that's going to cost you thousands of pounds just to get out there make 12 bucks and spend 12 grand on a flight Woohoo! <laughs> winning bankrupt also other things that you should take into account as well are things like education level now, this could be, you know, an obvious one, but it's not always. Generally, one, when you're speaking to people in, like, your demographic area, whenever you do any type of marketing or even teaching, you should try and do it to the most basic and simple level. Something that I struggle with, but something, Rich, is 
amazingly good at. Um, but knowing your education level of the, the avatar just means that you can speak to the avatar a bit more clearer. So if they're highly educated and would be au fait with really complex words, then you could maybe introduce those words. Again, it, like we mentioned before, that could be used as a qualifier as much as an intention grabber and also you know, something that they relate to as well. So there's a number of different things that you can look at when you look at the education level, but it is important that you do try to make things simple if you're trying to get people to understand stuff. Then you've got the quote. So you might have a quote or something that you might want to form things around. Um, I actually can't remember why quotes in this form. <laughs> well, you're trying to figure out a quote for what? What's your intention? Yeah, that's. I can't remember why why we used the the quote in the avatar. Can you remember? Are you talking about Einstein's quote, one of my personal favourites, or are you talking about the prison? I'm talking about the form that we have. <laughs> we we use to uh, define okay. avatar. So, a quote you can use for multiple different reasons. Okay, you can use it to try and highlight something or bring something to someone's attention. You could use it because they've heard it before and it's relatable. Um, quotes, you're leveraging someone else's status or position and using it as a part of authority. So let me put it something to you this way. I try to help people break out of jobs that they're not interested in and start their own businesses online, giving them the ability to do and achieve the things they want. Maybe they want more time freedom, spend more time with their kids. Maybe they want to be able to travel the world. I don't know what it is until I find out. The point is, one of my personal favorites is a lot of people don't realize that you can actually do this, okay? And a ton of people don't seem to believe it's possible or one worse, they don't even know about it. And then when they first hear about it, they're skeptical. So one of my favorite quotes is, you can't break out of a prison that you don't know you're already in. Now, why does that make any sense? Well, let me explain to you. If you don't know that you're already suffering from a problem, how can you cure it? If you're not ill, how can you be cured? You may have this is going to sound really brutal. You may be really terminally ill, okay? But if you didn't go to the doctors to get checked out, you can't have it fixed. So many people, okay, subject themselves to, like, extreme, like, pain on a daily basis, going to jobs or things that they cannot stand. And, you know, for all I know, their relationship is at breaking point. You know, I've been there. I've actually been at that stage where my relationship was on the cusp of breaking point and eventually it did but that's something for another day point being they don't know there's a solution out there but if they did they might be interested in looking at it so we use quotes for multiple reasons but one of them can be to allow someone to see actually there is a solution to this but if you don't know about the solution you're never going to take it and you're never going to fix the problem Great, well done. So on top of quotes, we then have occupation. So the occupation is really good to really know where our demographic or our perfect customer is because firstly, we, you know, if we're going to target our customer and we've got, say, a yacht, 
<laughs> for example, nice. you know, some, something that's really expensive, probably costs a couple of million, the cheapest version, <laughs> not if we, you know, even if we go up to the highest um, levels. Yeah, yeah, we could, we could be costing billions if we're going to go get an aircraft carrier or something like that. But, you know, it's best to know where our cost or occupation is because we need to know what they can afford. We're not going to go and sell a yacht to someone that lives, you know, like me, for instance. You know, I'm not a multimillionaire. Would I ever claim to be or anything like that? Um, and Rich as well, you know, at the end of the day, trying to sell Rich a yacht would probably not be the best idea, as much as you might like one. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but you know, at this stage, we're not the type of person that you would try and sell a yacht to. You'd go out there and maybe try and find someone that's at least got you know a spare you know wad of cash. Someone like Richard Branson, or you know, someone that you know who's got multi millions of pounds and who's probably going to have you know at least ten thousand, ten million. Should I say not ten thousand, ten million spare in cash because unless they have they're not even going to consider the product of buying a yacht and this is obviously on the most extreme level but i'm just trying to do it just to emphasize that point of knowing your customer's occupation really helps you know firstly whether they can afford it also on top of occupation it could also give you clues to their hobbies for instance if they work in it that may or may not because not everyone that's into IT does like it outside their work, but a lot of people do, and I'm one of those. So, you know, if I, you know, me knowing me that I work within the IT sector, then you'll probably turn around and say, well, he might like his gadgets, he might like computers. You know, knowing his occupation gives you clues to the things that they might like. Any extra things on that, Rich? Mate, I think we've probably covered more than we really wanted to in this show because we've been on 50 minutes so do you want to uh bring us to a close bud any questions fire in the box below have we got any at the moment before we shoot and um, we do have ross marie so hi ross good to see you on the show today um no questions but they are saying thank you very much so Thanks, oh, good. Ross. I'm glad that was useful. No problems, Ross. Um, reach out. Give us a shout. Um, but yeah, okay. Any questions, guys, whack them in the comments box below. We're pretty responsive on this. We will get back to you. And again, maybe we can cover it in next week's show. We can put it at the very front before we go into any other major topics. But seriously, you know, that's pretty much given you everything you need. If you're looking at starting a business first and foremost, that's absolutely perfect because if you truly do know who your perfect customer is, you can then build something in a way that it attracts the perfect customer. Already in business, think about trying to apply some of these things into some of the strategies that you're using, into some of the ways that maybe you speak to people, into some of the advertising you do, if you do advertise, you know, if you don't, then at the very least you should be having social presence or something, but think about trying to apply it in there. And without a doubt, over time, you are going to show it, you are going to see a difference because yes, all right, you may lose some of the people that you may have already have found, but you're going to find more people that are what are known as raving fans, the ones who will keep coming back because they totally relate to you, your business, and what the point in it stands for. So, James, carry on, bud. We've got nothing to add, rattle off. 
Thank you very much, guys. And from another show from myself and Rich, we thank you and hope to see you again on Wednesday. Tell us your perspective in the comments below. And if you love everything there is to do with entrepreneurship and online business as much as we do, then hit the like button and subscribe to us on Big Accent. in the bell to ensure you get notifications when we go live. Thank you for joining us on today's show and we'll see you again soon. Something new. Oh.